Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 87 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who gets all the gains, dropping 75 plates on people's <laughs> foots in the gym. We have one of the hosts of Gamertag Radio, friend and sometimes foe, Paris Lily. How are you, sir? I'm good, but uh, I got to kind of call you on the foe thing. How, when have we ever been foes? Man, listen, every time you take your shirt off, you're my foe. Oh, my God. <laughs> every, every time you take your shirt off, you make me feel bad about myself and about life. I'm done. I'm already done. <laughs> I, you, you know, I, I'm on here to, to co-host with you, and I'm replacing, you know, the the ever witty Cicero Holmes, Mr. <laughs> Stubnification himself. I guess I'm Miss Cleocation today. But... um. Thank you for having me, man. This is really dope. I'm excited to be on here. I'm super, super excited to have you on. Uh, Stubbs Nostifications is uh, doing the holiday thing uh, down in the Kentuckys, which you, I was like, what? You're in Kentucky? I was like, oh, that's right. Your family's down there, down there and hanging out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he's, he's having all the sweet potato pie that I did not have. Uh, and not sharing them and not sending me recipes, so he's a bastard for that. Patty, <laughs> Pat- patty, patty pies, patty pies. <laughs> um, so again, thank you for rolling through and for co-hosting with us this week. Um, we have some pretty dope guests, but before we get to them, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, our guests last week, uh, Quinn Murphy and Trey Andrea Russworm, who did an amazing job uh, on our show of uh, eighty six. Hanging out with us, talking about the Kotaku kerfuffle and all the craziness that went on in there. And also talking about some really dope stuff about what they've been playing and, and also stuff that they've been working on. So huge shout out to Quinn Murphy and to Trey Andrea for always bringing the dopeness and always making our show even better. And Stubbs, I got to give you a big shout out too, man. You did a great job uh, producing the show and making the show happen. So mad love to you for making that joint super dope. Um and uh, let's see, we have two really amazing guests this week. So this week, we had to bring in some heavy hitters. We had to bring in some cats who <clears throat> make me step my game up on the right. Uh, so so we had we had to bring in uh, the the A team to our B team. We had to bring in our brother Andrew Alliance from the show radio. How are you doing, sir? Good man. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm 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 just just excited. I'm just excited. Thanks for having me on, man. Word, of course. We definitely have to get you in here because it's been a long time coming. We wanted to make this happen in a, for a while, and uh, it's always been one of those things where, you know, timing always was a little bit off or, or you know, just running around. Everyone's busy making making dope content. Uh, so super happy that you were here on this wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Uh, and we also have my man, Mamelo, that dude who I knew since I was two years old back in the barrio in the favelas of Brazil. That's not true. Oh, <laughs> we have my dude from the Slovenly Gamer Podcast, Brother Milton. How are you, sir? I am good, and I'm finally here. You know, like it's 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 been way too long because like I was supposed to be be up here like since forever and a year ago. But you know what? You don't like immigrants, and that's cool. It's oh cool. You know what I'm my saying? Like, god, cool. Jesus and, you know. I know that uh, I know that's what it is, but it's cool. It's cool. I still love you, though. Oh I still love my! You. This beef goes back a long time, guys. That's right. He has a thing with immigrants, and, you know. <laughs> listen, man, I'm a proud green card holder. Okay, 
and it's cool. You can have me on your show. I'm allowed to be on. I'm allowed to be on podcasts. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. Oh, to be here. oh my god! I will not be besmirched and slandered on my show in the beginning. It's not even five minutes into the show yet. I've been already but it's slandered, true though, man. It's true. It's true. It's true. I've been slandered. Listen, you said it, but I just don't have the recording. But I'm sure if we go back to GameStop. Yeah, exactly. See, we'll talk. I'm sure, if we go back to GameStop, there's going to be a recording of you saying that. We have to talk about that because I'm sure that you know people have at least seen those tapes at GameStop where we met and have at least erased two of them by this point. Uh, <laughs> so, so we'll definitely get back into that before before the day is over. Um, so let's see. Uh, let's let's roll back to, to to you beautiful folks. Paris, how was your how was your weekend? How was your your holiday? Because I know Thanksgiving just passed. Uh, so did you have fun uh, with the folks in the fam? Yeah, we uh, we kept it pretty chill. Um, we actually hung out with some friends for this Thanksgiving and uh, went over one of their, their houses. Kind of just, you know, like, again, the workout thing. You know, our little workout group, our, our families, <laughs> we, we, we got together um, and uh, had Thanksgiving over there. But before that, we did the one-mile burpee challenge. What? Which just... Yeah, I'm like, this is my first year doing it. They've been doing it for kind of like the last four or five years. But in a nutshell, for a mile, you do a burpee and then a long jump. The only way you can move is to do a long jump, but you have to do a burpee before you can do the long <laughs> jump. And you got to do that for a mile. Um, wind up being 463 burpees and it took an hour and 40 minutes. So, so expl- explain to people who are not, who are not in the know what a burpee is. I know what a burpee is, but some people may not know what a burpee is. Uh, a burpee is you're, 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 you're standing up and you get to a drop position, you do a push up, and then you basically stand up and jump. And then after you do that, you are still alive and I'm dead. That's the way that usually works when, burp- <laughs> when burpees actually happen. So you, so you had you had a, a pretty like healthy. You basically worked your your, your food. It wasn't healthy well, at well, all. Oh, I got it in. It was not healthy at all. I, we just I, like I hadn't done it because like the year before, I, my, I had a back injury, so I didn't do it. And you know, my wife is she actually didn't do it this year because she was sick. But yeah, they all get together and do it every year. So this was my first time. So I, I was a little intimidated actually. But you got it through. You're still alive. You're on the show. So that, make, yeah, I mean, yeah, that means you made it through. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Andrew, how, how was your uh, weekend and how was your holiday? It was good, man. I was uh, with my wife's parents. And after that, I hit up my boy's house afterwards. Uh, it was good, man. Just family. We took some pictures, you know, ate some good food. I, I had some leftovers before I came on here. So I was actually, you know, that was my first meal of the day. But it was good, man. Always good times hanging with family. You know that. You got to get that grub in, man, because you know those leftovers, they don't, they don't stay left over for long, man. Nah, man, you got to eat that. <laughs> Word. Milton, how, how was everything with you and the fam? It was good, man. Actually, mine was pretty dope. My brother-in-law's girlfriend, actually, um, we were at her at her house, and we did a, an Indian Thanksgiving. She's Indian, so she made just a bunch of curry, curry everything. Oh, my God. And, yeah, we ate. Love basically Indian food, had a man. curry Thanksgiving. It was great, dude. It was excellent. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just delicious. Like I had dal. I've I haven't had dal since Brooklyn. Kali, if you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know the West Indian. You know what I'm saying. She didn't make roti though because it take it, it takes a little bit too long for her. But otherwise than that, it was dope, man. I got to play. I play video games to be honest with you. Like up until <laughs> the moment, <laughs> I was I was gaming. Literally, the wife had to be like, "Come on, baby, gotta go." And like, but it was dope though, man. It was pretty dope. You were like, "Let's bless the food." You were like, "Wait, I gotta get these rads off me first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously, dude, I was just like, nah, man, I'm I'm good. How about yours, man? What'd you do? Oh, so I hung out with uh, some friends who I met actually over since since I got to Portland. Actually, I hung out with some friends. Uh, shout out to Liz Capri and shout out to Liz. 
word, and, and all folks who who hung out that that evening. Um, it was good. We had a lot of good food. Hung out with some doggies. That was chill. Um, and everybody had a good time. It was nice to be around new people um, and who who kind of um, get the togetherness part. Doesn't mean that you have yeah. to talk a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know how that is, because you know, you, you know how people kind of try to fit words into places that don't need words. Yeah, filling up empty space for, just for the sake for, of a, doing for it, the yeah. sake of having conversation, just for the sake of having conversation, which is like kind of unneeded. Yeah, Paris um, does that. Yeah. Now I have a question. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore what he just said, but I have a question. Was anyone else on that hashtag Thanksgiving with Black families thing? I muted. I muted it two day. I muted it the day oh, after it started. You missed out, bro. I, I literally got addicted to it, and I, I think I spent an entire day just. And, and I'm not even that guy on Twitter that goes with the hashtags and reads all the stuff. I literally went to that one and just read it all day and just laughed all day. There was some. Good oh, stuff you, I'm there. sure you saw some of the memes. I would. I would take some of the memes and send them to people. I, I mean, I got that. I mean, the funny yes. thing is, I saw it and I and I listened to. I mean, not listened to. I've read through most of it, and then it started to get repetitive, and I was like, oh, I'll yeah, see. it did. That's that's when it got that's when they got a little bit oh and shout out to brady uh, i almost forgot brady's name and i shouldn't forget brady's name because brady is a listener of the show and we got to hang out and that was dope um yeah but it got really quick quickly kind of repetitive and i was like all right i gotta mute this for now because i can't see anything else it's mad turkey memes and, and faces every day i was like this is not okay you gotta stop Dude, it was funny to me man like i was dying like I was reading a lot of that stuff, and I was just like, "This, like, I have to agree with Paris, dude." Like, I kept reading it, and like, I was just be, I would just be crying. And my wife was like, "What are you laughing at?" And I would show it to her, and she'd be like, "Oh my god, you're so stupid." I'm like, "No, but it's really funny though." Like, like I grew up with like I remember like my friends used to tell me things like that when I was young. You know what I'm saying? And like, Kylie, you know, like I didn't have that 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 like, you know what I'm saying? Like like the same kind of background mm-hmm. so i didn't really understand what they were talking about right so seeing this kind of like i was like yo wow this is everything that they said like you know what i'm saying with the natty the nasty you know mashed potatoes and maybe, you know <laughs> the macaroni and cheese memes it was just like seriously it's like i remember friends and i remember going to friends house as a kid and like the faces like there's one when when it said your grandmother when your grandmother's ready to go but ain't nobody want to take yeah, her yeah, yeah. and the lady had the sad face I've seen my friend's grandmothers with that face. <laughs> like I've legit seen that face. So it was, it was interesting, man. It was interesting. It was fun though. It was cool. Word. It was. It was a pretty good um, holiday for a person who was a little bit. I'm kind of a curmudgeon about holidays, but it was really nice to be around Word. good, good people and and have a lot of good conversations and a lot of fun. Um, and speaking of fun, we know that two of the most fun shows on the internet are the ones that you two gentlemen run. Uh, so, Andrew, I'd love for you to let folks know a little bit about the show, the show radio and how you got started, where you when you decided to become a podcaster and, and kind of what your show was about. OK, well, I actually started podcasting in 2009, uh, August 2009, to be exact. It's um, August 2nd. It was my wife's birthday. I was just sitting there one day and I was like, you know what? I just want to have my own perspective out there uh, as far as tech gaming and entertainment is concerned. I don't I didn't want to name the show my name. But I want to name the show something very different. You know, the show has no name, but it has meaning to the people who actually listen to the show. And I think that's how I came up with the show radio. And then uh, information is what I, I love data. And, and if you ever see the show notes, I, I have a lot of show notes and where I got the information from. So even though it takes me 20 minutes to go through the show notes, uh, mm. it takes two plus hours at least to actually get all the data uh, for that particular episode. So uh, as far as inspiration, I mean, Gamertag Radio, Paris, Uncle Gamer. You know, uh, from the beginning, you know, listening to those shows, you know, kind of, you know, put me in a position to want to have my, my voice out there, you know, 
uh, for podcasting. And then, you know, you learn along the way, you know, listen to different shows, uh, areas that I was weak at. You know, I spent time listening to shows that had that data. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think uh, iTunes is great, you know, with all the different categories in iTunes. You should take advantage of the fact that if you're weak in a particular area, admit to yourself that you're weak in that area and then get the information, which is free, pre- pretty much all the podcasting um, on iTunes and stuff like that. So 2009, we're in two, uh, 2015 right now. I mean, it's been a great journey, you know, great friends, you know, lo- lost some people along the way, got hurt along the way. But, you know, you're just still fighting and, um, you know, just loving it you know, tech, gaming, and entertainment. So um, present day, here we are. What I, what I love about your show is the fact that you didn't listen to any of the stuff that Paris did and you went the complete opposite direction and, and made a really good show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Just no, it's just play. <laughs> I'm just playing. Paris is amazing. Um, but what I really love about your show is the fact that you bring, you bring a lot of different segments and sections into both your community and also into uh, what you talk about on your show. You had, a, you had some folks who... Uh, are making podcasting better. You've had guests who are podcasters. You have guests who are techies. You have guests who are uh, writers and other and other sort. Uh, kind of go over some of the folks you had on the show. I mean, just just recently, just very recently, I guess I'll do with the last show is uh, the composer of Metal Gear and, and Silent Hill, Rika Muranaka, which was a, a great show, and she talked about her twenty year experience at Konami. Uh, so we kind of talked on that. And it was interesting, too, because I wasn't really, I guess, just insider information. I wasn't ready to record the show, but I had a mm-hmm. vibe for what I wanted to do with her uh, in the show. Uh, so I guess the way I started was like, you know, give me the first 24 to 48 hours of, of your 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 last 24 to 48 hours. And that kind of gave me uh, the opportunity to gauge what questions I was going to ask her and flow into that particular interview. Uh, so uh, typically, I don't usually know how I want to go about it. But I definitely want to make sure that the information is organic and it seems like it was a natural conversation. And typically when people are coming on the show, they don't know what to expect. But after it's all said and done, they're like, OK, this dude wasn't trying to you know, hurt me or hurt my brand or or dupe me or, or do something crazy. So I'm glad I was able to you know, have a conversation with him. And then, you know, from there, they usually promote, you know, this stuff, you know, if they really like the way it came out, um, you know, so that kind of a thing. So Rika. Uh, Muranaka was a, a great. Um, she was awesome, you know. And I, I had a pleasure talking to her and stuff like that. So, word. It was. Uh, I really dug that that show and actually the one that you did a little bit. I think it was maybe prior to that one with Mona Aid. Uh, Aid. Who, who's Aid? I'm sorry. Thank you for for correction. Um, who's super I dope? Mispronouncing people names. Man. I, oh, I I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Mona was dope, man. Bronx, dude. Mona was Mona, dope. <laughs> Mona's dope. Like we've met we've met a couple times in person, uh, just on the kind of. Uh, uh, road of doing all the conventions and stuff like that, and she's super dope. So I was happy to see that you that you two uh, got it and then got to talk. Yeah, I handpick, man. You just you don't you don't invite anybody to your house. So I handpick uh, who I want, and then I do my homework on on them. You know, so it's interesting you mentioned the Mona one because with Mona, I watched fifteen of her YouTube videos, like her shorts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff, and then I took information from her that she gave out on those particular episodes. So when I was interviewing her, you know, I studied her. It was kind of creepy. You know, for some people might consider it creepy, but, you know, I studied her to some degree to get the information I needed to make the conversation very comfortable. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, um, that's our responsibility as, you know, inviting people to our homes to make them feel comfortable. And the podcast is my home. That's so. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, I love that one, too. That was dope. Uh, I guess I guess here's a good question that goes across the board before we we jump into a little bit of Slovenly Gamer is. How do you all kind of go into the practice of like, you know, what Andrew just said of kind of going through and, and doing prep for your guests? I've always found that an interesting thing because everyone does a very different 
uh, kind of preparatory uh, practice. So uh, I've always been interested to figure out how that works. So um, let me see. Let's go. Let's go to you, Milton. Milton, how do, how do you kind of go about picking the folks that you want on your show? Because you have a, a very so far a very gamer uh, fighting game centric uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of show, which we'll talk about in a second. But I, I want to talk about how you kind of go into that part of, of, of making your show dope. Um, honestly, it's like people that I enjoy talking to and people who are doing dope stuff that simple. You know what I'm saying? And I do it from an aspect of like having, having a conversation with them instead of like talking about what they're doing, because for the most part, I feel like the people who I'm talking to, a lot of people out there are going to already know what they're doing, but don't know, but don't necessarily know who they are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. may not know like what, you know, anything about their personality aside from, you know, what they do. And, I just go in with that. It's just like, yo, this person seems really cool. This person seems like a really cool person to talk to and to get to know. So I go from there and then just do research and research and research. So when I have them on, it's it's basically like it's straight up like a straight up conversation, like two friends at a bar sitting down having a chat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's always it's always people I like, people doing cool stuff, but people who I feel like I can have a just a straight up regular conversation with word Paris. What about you? I mean, really along the same lines of, of what he just said, I kind of going back to even Andrew, I try to research the person I'm going to talk to. So I know as much information about them as possible. Um, I try to write out all the potential questions that I want to ask them. Not that I'm necessarily going down a list of one through 10 asking this or that, but just something that I can refer back to as the conversation is going on. If, if I get to a point where I feel like, oh, let me interject here with this because I feel it's pertinent to what we're talking about. But I think the most important thing is to just make the person you're talking to comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, make yeah. it feel like, hey, we're, we're just having a conversation talking about whatever. And at the same time, if you have someone on that, you're going to ask something that isn't necessarily going to be popular for them to talk about and they're not going to be comfortable to talk about mm. do it in as respect i can't even talk see the bonds <laughs> kicking in do it as respectful as possible that's right you know what i mean yeah. to, to let them know it's like look i'm asking you this question because this is something that i want to know but i also understand it's what it again let's take this for example so let's say i was talking to bonnie ross about halo 5 I'm going to ask her negative questions about Halo 5. But before we get to those negative questions, I want to get into who she is, how she got started in this industry. Why did you get into 343? So we lead up to that so that by the time I am saying, hey, look, here's why I didn't like your game for these various reasons. (laughs) You know, she's comfortable actually talking to me about that because it's not an attack on her. It's a conversation. Right. about it you know what i mean right right, right. right. yeah and can i just hop in else and say something i'm sorry yeah of course just really quickly um to read to reiterate what, what paris and andrew both said and that's something that's like very important and i think if anyone is going to get into podcasting no matter what you're doing research is very heavy and we all do that we all do hours and hours and hours of research and i don't think that's something that can be ever stated enough like don't think that you know it might seem easy you know Khalif hopping on here and you know Paris and Andrew and the show sounds great it's like we literally have to sit down two to three hours over a span of a couple days researching these people you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. watching videos reading articles reading things that they wrote to try to get a feel for them so when we go in and we have a conversation it's kind of like what Paris said because I've I did that on one of my uh past interviews with a a horror author and I asked him a a question about writing characters of color 
know what I'm saying? And like, mm. but I did it how it was, you know, it's the same kind of thing Kyra said. I had a regular conversation. I knew him, I knew enough about him and I knew him enough that when that came around, he didn't feel like I was like, you know, trying to come from left field and, you know, <laughs> word, word. Like, oh, here you go. You know, you're going to try to like sneak, you know, sneak this me or something like that. But no, it was totally cool, man. Yeah. So, so let's, let's kind of dig into a little bit of Slavenly Gamer podcast because, um, I remember we had a really early conversation about wanting to kind of get into the podcasting game and you were like, Hey Kai, what up? I don't know what's going on with this stuff. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I said, well, you know, talk about the things you really love to talk about and you'll have an amazing, amazing show on, on, on deck. Um, so, so let folks know, I want, I want people to kind of get a gist of you. You're the, you're the newest podcaster of, of this, of this yeah. group. Um, yeah, I'm the baby. You're the baby of the group. Uh, we will not, yeah, we yeah, will not put you in the corner. Uh, but but let folks know about Slavenly Gamer, what it's about, you know, where you got started, you know, kind of where you got your love of games and, and, and let folks know. All right, cool, man. Um, Well, if if I'm to take it like way back, like I came to America in 1989 and that was basically the start of like my love for gaming and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the first the first I can still remember the first game I played was Nintendo Super Mario Brothers. Mm. I came like my grandparents lived in Flatbush. I went to my, I went to their house. My uncle had a video game. I was just like, what the hell is that? I've never seen that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I played and I was just like, I was hooked ever since then. But um, fast forwarding like a little bit, what kind of like brought it all on was, you remember Khalif, you know, for the folks who don't know, I think I've said it on my podcast, Khalif and I met at GameStop when I used to be an assistant manager at GameStop like years ago. And people would come in all the time to hang out with me. And people even used to tell me back then, like, yo, dude, you should really do, like, a podcast or something. Like, you know so much about games. Like, you're mad cool. Everybody likes you. People come in here just to hang out and talk to you. And, I mean, I, I was a little bit nervous. And I was just like, nah, I don't think I can do it. Khalif and I met up, you know, along with a few other friends. And him and I are the ones who really started talking about, like, yeah, dude, I think it would be cool. Never really did it. But, like, when you started yours that's what gave me like the impetus to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like that really inspired me to be like, yo, I can do that too. So I would always go to you and be like, you know, like how you do this, how do you do that? And, um, you said exactly what you said to me. He's like, dude, just talk about what you love. And it wasn't until after I moved to California, I moved to California last year, I think like August. And I've only been doing a podcast for a couple months. And, uh, the FGC is really big out here. I don't know if anybody, really understands um and you know at the fgc is a fighting game community and like i love it a lot i play a lot of street fighter you know what i'm saying like i see andrew shaking his head so andrew knows what i'm talking about a lot of street fighter happen out here so that was basically my thing but the whole inspiration of the show to let anyone know when you come on when you listen to the slovenly gamer podcast like i literally it's like it's like a talk show it's like i like to have people come on because i I had a really heavy accent when I was a kid, so I used to stay up watching a lot of talk shows. So that always stuck with me about having people on. And, like, soon as I have people on, I'm having a regular conversation with them. Like, we're just kind of hanging out. Kind of like how Khalif and I would have a conversation. If you listen to, the, I think, like, the second episode I did, I think Khalif, or second or third episode, Khalif and uh, Cicero, you know, they were on there. And it was literally, like, when I, re- when I listened to it, it's, like, everything how we spoke off cast is exactly how the conversation was (laughs) during the podcast. That's true. Because we were just chilling, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, like I interviewed like black skills interview, like a couple of people from the FGC and they all really enjoyed it. And I got like a lot of positive feedback and you know, they were like, Oh man, I thought you were going to ask me like some crazy questions. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm like anything I'm going to ask you, 
about fighting, people already seen there's tons of YouTube videos on it. Like, right. I want people, I want you to talk about yourself so people can be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's more inspirational to people. I'm like, if I'm talking about matches all day, they can just go on YouTube and see that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I'm going to ask you, like, yo, what would you think in, in those matches? For example, uh, when I was talking to Black Skills, he had a, he, one of his biggest matches was at Evo with uh, uh, Choco Blanca, which is Momochi's girlfriend. I don't know if you guys know Momochi, mm-hmm. but she was coaching him. Um, Mochi was coaching her during the entire match. And, like, I spoke to him specifically. I was like, yo, what was going through your head during that match? It wasn't just like, oh, what was it like playing her? You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy. And people were like, people came up to me when, I, like, when we went to SCR. And they were like, yo, dude, like, that was, that was such a dope interview because no one ever talked about, like, what they were thinking during a match. And I'm like. Because I'm like, yo, that's what I would want to know, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care about you playing Momochi. It's just like, I was like, I want to know what was going through your head because that's important. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's where the information comes from. So that's it. That's basically what I do. Slavonly Gamer is literally friends hanging out, talking about horror, zombies, comics, gaming, all that kind of fun stuff. Okay, so Evo is in July, right? Yeah, Evo Have in July, you attended yeah. every ever since you've been there? Or, or is that your, your plan? Is that a big event for you? I'm assuming because you know, it's fighting know, and stuff, so. Yeah, because I was supposed to go to last Evo. I could have gone, but I got married in July. I got married July twenty fifth. Yeah, thank you. And um, the wife, I love her to death. She's just like, go, go, go. But that's like that's right on the heels of Evo. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, nah, I will plan in the wedding. I'll go next year. So good next year. Good Evo, choice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not falling for that. Like I'm I'm a I'm a newly married man, but trust me, like I've I got a lot of hints and information from other people that's been around me and married for longer. They're like, don't ever fall for a trap like that. It's just like don't ever do that. But um next year, Evo, I'll be in there. I went to SCR this year, which is like a big like uh West Coast like gaming thing, which is called the Southern California Regionals. It was crazy, dude. And I got to say this on this show, anyone who's into fighting games, you'll dig the podcast. But also, like, if you ever get a chance to go to a tournament, go to a tournament. Trust me. Mm. Everyone is so inviting. Like, I played with Snake Eyes. I mean, I hung out with Snake. He's like a friend now. Cause, like, we hang out. We hang out pretty often. And congratulations. He got signed with um, Red Bull Esports. Nice. And, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I played with these dudes. I played with, like, Raketsu. I played with, like, a whole bunch of Japanese players. And um, I pulled the wool over them because they don't know that I spoke Japanese. They didn't know I spoke Japanese. So, I kind of... I kind of messed them up a little bit. We were like <laughs> hanging out and they were saying shit and I would answer them and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so that was fun. You know what I'm saying? But anyone, like if you get a chance to go out to tournaments, man, like we gamers, we're the best people. That's all I can say. Like, like we're the best. Yo. We're so welcoming. It's crazy. So, so let me ask you all a quick question as well. So we have varying times in the podcasting game. Milton is how, how long you been in it again? Only for a couple of months, like maybe six months. You've been in it for a couple of months. I've been in, in it for a couple of years, well, uh, almost two years. Andrew's been in it for a couple of years, and Paris has been in it for over a decade. What is what has been? Jesus. One- <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've never Saying heard it, it like spelled that, out right? like that. Oh, Grandpa, uh, this, 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 this is like this is when you tell, you know the old man at the table. Wink, wink. <laughs> See, but, but but and I don't say that to, I don't say that in a trolling man. I say that just to say Uncle Gamer, you've been for real. you've been. You've been doing it for a long time and it's been it's been high quality ever since. But it's been one of those things where, you know, we all are in this kind of uh, brotherhood of podcasters where we notice and, and, and can kind of like ask each other on the side and say, you know, here's the thing that I'm trying to get through. Here's a wall that I've kind of hit. Um, what is what has been some of the best advice 
that you've gotten from a fellow podcaster? And what's one of the things that you've also seen in the time that you've been doing it that you didn't expect that you now kind of hold on to as, as good information and good advice? Uh, something that you kind of didn't know when you got into the podcasting game that you were like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy to see. Uh, Andrew, go first. Okay, so you can really shoot yourself in the foot if you say whatever you want because it's your platform, which mm. is a very dangerous thing. So uh, one, of, one of the things that you know, Paris tells me all the time is you never know who's listening. So whatever you're going to say, say what you mean, but don't be disrespectful because mm. you, you're not, if you meet this person and then they listen to that particular show that you're being very disrespectful on, what are you going to say? <laughs> what are you going to say? Yeah. And then on top of that is you don't know who that person is connected to. Right. Right. So if you say something yeah. disrespectful, they're going to say, you know, this cat right here, don't even don't even work with this cat because yeah. he doesn't know how to control his mouth on his show. You know, <laughs> so yeah. then you have um, you have a social responsibility. Right. Because you mm. have a platform. Now, not only that, you're, you're influencing a lot of people. So you mm. have to ask yourself, how exactly do you want to influence these people? Now, my thing is, I'll tell you what I, I told Paris recently. Because we talk a lot. And I told Paris, I said, yo, we cool, we're brothers, but I'm not on your level, okay? You're my elder, y- okay? You understand? <laughs> so however you want to deal with that, you're going to deal with that. right now is That's amazing. what I'm saying. However you want to deal with that, you deal with that. You're my elder. So anything you say, if I do something twisted on Twitter, social media, whatever it is, on the podcast, I say something crazy, I need you to tell me right away so I can fix it. Because mm. once it goes out on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or whatever, I can't take it back. Once, it, once you hear it, I can't take it back, yeah. right? Yeah. So you really have yeah. to be careful on what you're saying on your show. There's a, there's a, for me, I may, it may just be me. It may not be. But there's a very heavy uh, responsibility socially, especially when you're out there, you know, and people respect your work or, or people are getting respect for your work and stuff like that. So you have to be really careful on what you say. So if anything, start there because that will save you a lot of heartache. That would <laughs> any, any opportunity that's, that's supposed to come your way because so you're doing true. your stuff legit. Any opportunity is supposed to come your way. is going to come your way because you're doing it right. And, and just watch what you say. That's it. You know, now it's let your, me interrupt you for a second go ahead. and then you can continue. Go ahead, man. <laughs> don't I'm not on a different level than anybody. That's, let's, listen, let's, I'm telling you, that's that what I told him. Clear. Like I said, you could you could disagree with me all you want. I just oh, I say. 100% you've disagree had, with you, but I will had, say this. I I will say this though. You are correct in that. That's the one thing that, you know, we got this this brotherhood going on all of us, right? In that, you know, I I listen to what what you guys put out, you listen to me, etc., whatever. But if you hear me talking crazy, Please tell me. <laughs> that's, that's all I ever ask. Just Seriously. hit me up and be like, hey, man, I don't know about what you just said on the thing. Like, matter of fact, Andrew, and it wasn't that you said anything wrong, but you misspoke on something a few weeks ago. And I was listening. And I hit you up. I was like, hey, actually, what you said was wrong. And then you went back and edited it and put the show back out again. It's just little things like that. The show was you know out. I, mean? but- I went back and edited that joint. <laughs> you understand what I'm yeah. saying? It's real. You know, and you have to do things like that. If you really care about what you're putting out to the world, it is very important that you, you know, you do what you got to do in that area. It's hard work and some people are not going to do it. But, you know, then they're going to say, how lucky, how lucky you really want to talk about luck right now. You Mm. know, (laughs) putting in that work. You're not putting in that work. You can't call it luck. 
Well, here's here's the thing. Just to answer what what Khalifa said before, for me, the best advice I ever got was do this because it's fun. Mm. Do it. Don't worry about what your download numbers are, who, what your reach is, how many people are following you on Twitter. Hell, I've been doing this so long. Twitter wasn't even out yet when we started doing this. But, <laughs> um, but, but the point is, do it because you have a passion to do it. And and the thing is, if you do quality work, eventually it's going to pay off. It may not pay off as quickly as you want. It may not pay off in the way you thought it was going to. But eventually it's going to pay off in, in some form. So just do it because you have a passion to do it. Like Andrew said, be respectful of your audience. Don't come on. the And again, this is just me. Do you, hey, it's your podcast. Do whatever the hell you want. But me, I'm not going to go on a podcast and just start talking crazy nonsense and F-bombs here and there and all this game. So if, look, if I say a game isn't good, I'm going to give you the exact reason why I don't think it's good. If I say a game is great, I'm going to yes. give you the reason that I think it's great Right. for, you know, for that example. But I, I will say this, ironically enough, and God help me if he hears me say this, Uh-oh. but Danny Pena oh, no. it's about to gave happen. me the Uh-oh. best advice I could ever have as a podcaster, you know, um, enthusiast, whatever you want to call us, right? Get off your butt and actually go out to events and meet people. Mm-hmm. Like I tell Andrew all the time, shake hands and kiss babies. That is the yep. biggest thing that you can do because not only is it going to expose you to the people that are actually listening to your content, but it's going to expose you to the people that you're actually trying to reach to give get content. You know what right. I mean? Right. If if I'm at E3 and I'm actually looking these PR people in the face, I'm looking at these developers in the face and they know who I am, it's going to make it a lot easier two, three months down the road when I'm emailing them trying to get access uh, you know, to an interview or whatever. And the other crazy thing, and I, I have to tell this story really quick. One of my biggest influences in podcasting was the One Up Yours podcast, right? Oh, yeah. You, you know, Garnet, mm. Luke, John, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I met Garnet, I don't know, was that three, four years ago, something like that, right? Two E3s ago. And if it's, it was it, the same this one. Was at, you know, at a Michael Pactor party at E3. Okay. And I'm just, hey, hey, Garnet, you know, just big fan of your work, all that kind of stuff. Do you know he looked me in the face and goes, I know you, you're Paris. You used to do Uncle Gamer and oh, you do, you work out all the time. Like he literally knew me mm-hmm. and Whoa, I almost crazy. passed out right there. You know, it was just the craziest thing, which goes to what I say with Andrew. You never know who's listening to you. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's crazy. Here's someone that's been an influence to me has actually been listening to my content and following what I've been doing over the years. So you know, it was very humbling for for that to happen, but it's just 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 a small little thing of just just put out the content that you want to be proud of. If you're mm. proud of the content that you're putting out, you're going to be fine. If you're just spitting out nonsense on a microphone trying to get attention, eventually I don't even need to continue. You guys know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milton, what about no, you? It's, it's true like to kind of piggyback off what Paris said like I had a situation like that where like Mike Watson I don't know if you guys know but Mike Watson was like an OG like one of the gods of like the FGC and um, he has an arcade and one day I showed up you know he's just like anyone who wants to help me you know clean up the arcade he's had issues trying to open a new um, super arcade out here in Cali out here in SoCal and I showed up one day and I was like hey what's up man Milton and you know Slavonly Game or whatever he's like yeah I know you are I listen to your podcast I was like oh shit <laughs> and like <Right. laughs> 
And I was just like, yo, this is Mike Watson, yo. Like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, this is a dude I used to watch him play Third Strike. I used to watch him, like, just mop people in Street Fighter back in the day. And this dude, I'm shaking his hand, and he's like, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that and the fact that I hung out at Alex Valle's house. Alex Valle is another OG He's, he's like FGC one of the, the, the grandfathers of the FGC. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, so much so that any anybody that you see play, like, the Rushdown style of Street Fighter, Alex Valle basically invented that style of play and taught everyone in the SoCal how to play that that style. And I remember I was in this dude's house and Khalif actually saw me on stream because it was like a pre-Evo a pre-Evo grind session. And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, yo, is that you on Alex Valle's couch? And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Wait, dude. wait, wait, hold on, hold so, on. Because that's not what I said. <laughs> I said, I said, look at this big time motherfucker right here <laughs> hanging out at Alex Valle's house. Yeah, oh, you know it, it was, was like it was like one long ex, it was like one long oh shit in a in a text yeah message. like oh <laughs> yeah was, but but yo but but that's definitely it because it's like true it's like true what Paris is saying now like and what Andrew saying is it's like I don't not imagine I talked crazy about this dude and I show up you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and he has a grind session I show up and he's just like you that clown that was talking all that shit about me. You know, like, get the hell away from me. Like, you ain't coming into my house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I would look, like, legitimately crazy. But um, to say, like, you know, some of the best advice and the people who give me advice, obviously, would be Khalif um, and Cicero. Like, Khalif definitely gives me a lot of advice, um, a lot of good advice. <laughs> he's just, like, doing this. He's just like, nah, I don't. Um, listening to Paris for years. For years and years and years, listen to what Paris says. It's always, and years. It's always whenever, been. whenever you say anything that has to do with time, he's like, yo, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, come on, man. I'm, it's like, so what? I've been listening to. No, but see, see, but that's a good thing. Like, I come from a culture that respects wisdom. You know what I'm saying? So, anybody who's been doing it longer than you, like, you definitely got to give them up and give them their honors. And I learned a lot listening to that. Some of the best advice that I've gotten was someone, was a friend of mine. Who's not even into podcasting, but he does, he's a producer, he does music. And I was asking him about like just doing different things to the podcast. And he was like, dude, do whatever you want, man. Just as long as you're not going left field and it's not disrespectful, it's not hurtful to anyone. He's just like, do what you want. He's like, there's going to be someone, he's like, you'll hit that mark and people will know you for that kind of crazy, whatever craziness that you do, people will know you for that. And he used Angry Joe as an example. And he was like, you know, he's like, think about it. He's like, People know him for that, for like, you know, how he acts and stuff like that and going crazy. He's like, but that's his niche. That's his mark. Mm. And I was like, true. I was just like, even though I'm not going to go like that far left, but, um, and just like listening to a lot of things, like what Khalif said in terms of like how I am, like I learned to like temper cause I'm, 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 I'm from a West Indian culture. So we kind of like just talk straight all the time. And Khalif <laughs> was like, nah, bro, you can't really be doing that. Like, I, wait, <laughs> you know, I told you like, that. And that's probably like, the worst. That's the last advice I'd give. No, just playing. And how you told me was the best way because you know it was like a background, like offcast kind of thing. You gave me example of something that happened to you, and you were like, "Yo, bro, listen, don't, don't ever." He's like, "Just, just, just be chill." You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta watch what you say. You gotta watch. He's like, "You can say what you want to say, but just like Andrew said, like Paris said, you have to temper it. You have to temper what you say." I actually recorded, and just to be honest, like I recorded an episode once. Where for like I was gonna add it into an episode for like it was like a thirty minute rant about like Witcher and like how people were talking about like you know what I'm saying like this is like a European game and that's why there's no brown people in it and all that kind of rubbish mm. and I just re- recorded like a thirty minute rant just me talking about it like you know making historical references and stuff like that but I I, 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 I just threw it out because when I listened to it I was just like 
I just sound too angry. I just mm, sound, mm. and my point, the points that I'm trying to make will never get across. Even right. the things that I'm saying, even though what I'm saying is factual, I just sound like an angry black man, and that's not what I want to get across. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to completely, people are going to be like, yo, this dude is out of his fucking mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, it's, I would literally, you know, like, I would just sound too crazy, and I was like, nah, I'm good. It's, it's one of those <laughs> things, too, where, you know, you and it kind of piggybacks off the story of what we talked about last week with the Kotaku stuff and, and Bethesda and and uh, all the kind of uh, all the kind of uh, blacklisting that has been going on in the, in that respect of you know you again you saying something now four years down the line a year down the line two years down the line mm-hmm. might come back to bite you in the ass. And it will play. It'll play itself out in a way that you don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you'll say you'll say some raggedy stuff now, and then two years down the line, some PR person checked you off a list. Yeah. Can I say something right like, mm-hmm. with that PR stuff? Yeah, of course, of course. But, right, so so check this. But out. you but you know what though? Can I say uh, something? I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, you, you're the elder. Go ahead, man. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, but but what you're you're saying though, Khalif? But if that raggedy thing needs to be said. Don't be afraid to say it. Understand yeah. that there could be quote unquote repercussions from it that may happen. But if if you're justified in saying what you're saying, say it. Well, there's I'll, nothing wrong with that. And not to get back into the whole Kotaku thing again, that's my biggest beef with with this Kotaku nonsense is you leaked Fallout 4 and you leaked the script. Right, right. What right. did you expect? Yeah, right. Of right. course they were going to be upset with you and to now try and sway the court of public opinion in your favor, you know, three years down the road, it's nonsense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You knew what you did. You knew what how the publisher would react to it. So just accept it. Right. Andrew, go go ahead. Yeah. You got so so yeah, and in regards to like the PR relationships and stuff and stuff we're trying to build uh, with them um the this this our world is really small okay when it comes mm-hmm. to gaming and, and pr and that relationship so i'll just give you a quick story um i'm gonna name this person david we'll just ro- we'll just roll with it so so david i met david about six five six years ago when i first started this show right uh, we started talking everything's cool and david moved uh through different companies ever since i've known him the last four or five years, give or take. Mm. Now David heads one of the biggest companies um, that we know of locally. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll chop it up later if we need to off air. Off air. And this person is directly the one sending out, you know, review stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, what if I was mean to this person? Right. Right. Now, this person is, is, is part of the marketing team, and they are responsible to actually do the address and whoever's going to get the stuff. They're sending out the stuff directly. So now I would really be, you know, I wouldn't be able to, to get anything from that particular company because I've treated that person differently. So, so that, that is so – I think it's – I'm really passionate about it because it's so crucial to what we can and cannot do when it comes to reviewing games, going to events – getting stuff, whatever it is, th- that is a crucial relationship that we need to be very sensitive of, especially when we're building uh, our brands. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, and that was a great point. And I, and I want to kind of piggyback off of what Paris said, especially because we on our show delve with, unlike unlike the shows that you all run, kind of very touchy subjects when it comes time for some of that stuff. And it's a hard line to to toe sometimes when you know you want access to things 
and you hope to build these relationships and possibly, you know, ask someone who has things that you need for that thing to sometimes have the kind of stances that we have on our show that are kind of, uh, I would say that they're not necessarily controversial, but they're, they're, they're more outside of the norm of ones that you would hear in the gaming, in the gaming communities. Um, but it is one of those, like, if it has to be said, you kind of have to say it. Like, at the end of the day, if our our stances on social justice things and kind of the way that the world is in the prism that we see it don't necessarily align with, you know, us getting a thing, I would much rather us not get the thing. You know what I mean? Because it, right. do, it does, at the end of the day, mean more to us that our, our community is, 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 is well kept, that, our, that the people who listen to our show are heard and that the folks who um, are going through whatever they're going through while they're playing the stuff that they play uh, do have that kind of catharsis that they can find on our show too. So it's like, so I get, I get all the, I get all the conversations that we just kind of hit upon. And it's true. You do, you definitely want to make sure that you're not necessarily biting the hand that feeds, but you also got to definitely keep people's feet to the fire as well when you have the opportunity to do so. So word, um, we are going to jump into uh, a couple of quick ads uh, we're going to share some dope stuff from some of our friends of Spawn on Me, some of the stuff that they're doing, some of the shows that they are currently uh, producing and making, trying to make all this stuff even more dope and all this podcasting game even more dope. Uh, so we're going to run a couple of those and we'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm JP Fairfield, co-host of Operation Cubicle. Join me and my co-host, Cherie Jackson, as we tackle a different topic in our corporate lives and in our personal lives. Listen to our podcast at operationcubicle.net. Hi, I'm Dee, one of the hosts of Nerdgasm Noir Network, a weekly podcast where geeky black women discuss books, movies, and other nerdy shit. Check us out on nerdgasmnoir.net. Welcome back, everybody. That was uh, a couple of dope joints from our folks over at uh, Gaming Looks Good and also our folks at Operation Cubicle and also our folks at Nerdgasm Noir Network, who are some of the dopest podcasts that we have ever, ever listened to because they are a part of our fam. We love them. They do a lot of great work in the community. And they also are definitely holding it down for the podcasters of color crew, uh, making things happen on that end of the spectrum. Haha, ha, color spectrum. I just said it together. That was funny. <laughs> We're joined with Andrew Alliance. We are rocking with him. We're rocking with Paris Lily from the Gamertag Radio and also Slovenly Gamers own Milton Hexadecimal. And Andrew, Andrew, I know that you do get into games a little bit on the show radio. I know you talk about that some. Um, I know that it's also been this part of the year where a lot of games have been coming out. Lots of stuff has been hitting. Uh, what are some of the things you've been kind of playing so far? As of late, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. Hmm. Um, I actually started it last night, and I was watching uh, the, the very beginning, even into the actual title menu. Okay amazing mm. okay so i don't know if mm -hmm. uh, anyone here played it yet or, or anything like that but i was I'm, I'm big on metal gear but it's been a while since i played any metal gear so getting back into it is very interesting because of you know the way they're uh presenting the story and and backstory and and, and history of metal gear and solid snake and all that so i'm playing that and of course uh playing destiny always uh this week was the uh, fourth horseman zur selling and i was mm. able to get that uh in a drop 
uh, and I didn't have to pay any strange coins because strange coins is, um, you know, it's a famine for strange coins lately. So, um, so I'm glad I got it in a drop when I did the three of coins stuff, but that's pretty much it. And then, uh, gears, gears judgment. I jumped into that a little bit. Um, watching a lot of scandal. I know that's not gaming, but I'm watching a lot of that and, uh, right. watching NBA league pass, that kind of a thing. So yeah. Chilling. You are like the you are like the destiny whisperer, <laughs> like <laughs> like like I want I want to like figure out a way like it's kind of like when the Pope comes to town and you're like yo please touch me first <laughs> 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 like I'm running up to the gate like yo please Andrew yo please touch like 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 like, like, like give me it some was interesting real quick. I don't know how it happens man like who gets the fourth horseman on the day. That Zer selling it as a drop. I don't know. I take it. What do you do, it, dude? That's dude. Crazy. You just take I, it. It, it, would, it would be. It'd be to the point where we were all going on Destiny pretty hard. I know. I know. Paris and I were running a lot, and we would look at Andrew's timeline on Twitter. And I'm not going front. I love you, brother, but I was cussing you out in my head a little bit, a little bit. I was cussing you out a little bit in my head because you were getting like all the things that I needed, Everything. and I was getting nothing. Everything, man. Nothing. <laughs> but it's just a grind, man. Nothing. You just decide, you know, what part of the grind you want. You know, heavy strikes, yeah. level forty-one. You know, pop a three of coins, and you know, work it out. Run some raids. You actually did. A, you actually did a really cool thing on your show when you kind of talked about your kind of um, the process. Basically, like yeah, like your process, and you had like a, a kind of dope laundry list yeah. of how you kind of went through your week, and uh, that was pretty awesome. I, I kind of really appreciated that. I wanted you to do a little bit of that for folks because I know that there's folks who are still okay. in that RNG grind who are like All right. not so. What so they the need. RNG grind. And even the bounty grind is just have people with you, right? So the first thing you need to do, as soon as you load up Destiny, uh, pick your character, whether it's 296, 295, whatever your character is, go to the tower, grab all the bounties, right? If you have friends on, run the daily with them and run strikes with them. Because as you run the strikes, the stuff that's like uh, the bounties that will say something like, uh, do this in five seconds or less, if you have more people with you, the ability for you to do that is, is better than if you just roll single. So always have people with you if you can do that. If you can't mm-hmm. do that, then you go to uh, destinylfg.net and then grab people with you for the uh, the nightfalls and everything resets on Tuesday. And if I'm saying anything correctly, I know Paris is gonna you know, definitely let me know. Everything resets on Tuesday. So if you have outstanding stuff you haven't done on Monday night, just take care of it Monday night because everything resets on Tuesday. So you have the opportunity to get all that stuff taken care of. So Nightfalls resets on Tuesday. The raid stuff resets on Tuesday. Um, you know, bounties resets every day. Uh, the weapon stuff resets on Wednesday. So you grab a package on this Wednesday, and then next Wednesday you open it up, that kind of a thing. So you just kind of like, you know, work it out that way. But always have people with you. It's your best bet to uh, not necessarily as a multiplier, but your odds are better pretty much. Mm-hmm. Word. Yeah, I know. I know I've kind of been off of Destiny for a bit. I'm kind of waiting for the new DLC stuff to hit uh, probably a little bit later in the year, if I'm not mistaken, or probably kind of close, I think. I keep forgetting because the, the calendar has been so nuts that I'm losing track of all games and when they drop and all that kind of stuff. So so I feel you on that. So it's good to kind of give people that kind of background to remember what they need to kind of get their stuff in for their four horsemen so I can cuss them out too. So, <laughs> Milton, I know that you've been running some dope stuff too. What have you, you been playing lately? Dude, I've been playing... Excuse me. It's crazy because I've been playing a little bit of everything. Like So I hopped back into CVS2 on the heels of Sony talking about, you know, um, the whole retro gaming thing. So I've, ho- I've hopped back into that. Capcom versus crazy. SNK. And I have a fat boy. 
Okay. Yes, yes, sir. Capcom versus SNK2. That's right. So I've been playing a little bit of that. A little bit of the uh, Rainbow Six uh, Siege open beta. Oh. The beta is open now. I played. I played the closed beta. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, a little things here, here and there that I noticed, but you know, take it with a grain of salt because I'm not the biggest Rainbow Six fan. Um, playing Star Wars Battlefront, and of course, if you want to talk about that, we can talk about that later. But The Witcher Three has been the game that I've been played that I've been playing a lot more now, and it's funny because I bought Fallout and Fallout's downloaded. But before I played it, I was just I was saying to myself, I was like, one, I have to have find time that my wife could sit with me so I can create her in the game. And then I was <laughs> just true. like, so that's crazy because she's a teacher, so she 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 never has time. So then I was like, you know what? Let me start playing Witcher again, just try to get back into like the whole RPG feel because I've been just playing like a lot of fighting games. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to this game, but I've been enjoying Witcher ten times more than I did the first time. Huh. That I, that I, yeah, seriously, like the first time that I played the game, the first time I purchased it, I only played up to like maybe like level six or seven. And I got a little bit disinterested. I don't know why. But I go back in after after a little while and the game is amazing. I've been having so much fun playing the game. Like, that's the mon- I've, yeah. That's dope. Because the, the funny thing is, like, Witcher has fallen by the wayside only because. I've jumped back. I've jumped back. I went from one really big game to another really big game, which is probably the worst mm-hmm. thing you could possibly do. And they all kind of yep. came out and staggered themselves in between that time of me playing. First, it was Metal Gear. I mean, first it was Witcher. And I stopped playing Witcher because Destiny got really good again. Then I went yep. from, from that to uh, Metal Gear, which is my baby. And then I went from Metal Gear to uh, Fallout. And it's been interesting to see the kind of contrast between all these different games that are fairly big and just noticing how much time you don't have to game anymore has been amazing of like what you do to try to fit your gaming in because you don't have time. Like, and that's exactly why I haven't started fallout seriously, because like aside from the, you know, like wanting to create my wife in the game and like playing with her in the game and thinking that'd be fun. It's just like, I don't actually have time. Like literally like I got up this morning, she ran, she went out to Zumba. Like I got up, I washed the dishes and, you know, just did like house husband stuff. So like make sure I clean, <laughs> cleaned up a little bit. And like the time that I had, like literally when you hit me up, you know what I was doing? I was playing Witcher. Yeah. Like I was, I was like crafting armor and like making swords and like doing alchemy. And when you hit me up, I was just like, all right, cool, let's do it. But like in between, because like every single chance I get, but I'm like, man, there's all these other games that I want to play. But when I start playing, it's just like you guys know, you're playing these massive games and you're like, okay, I'm only going to play for an hour. But you get an hour in and you get like some good shit starts to happen. You're like, okay, I can't put this down right now. Mm-hmm. Paris, <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure you have some some thoughts about that, Paris, right? Well, it's funny that he mentioned The Witcher 3 because that's all I've been playing, too. Um, I was doing Fallout 4 okay. uh, for review purposes. And, you know, I did Halo 5 for review purposes. But once that was over with. Yeah, I've just been back in Witcher 3. That That's all I've been playing. I haven't played anything else. I haven't played Destiny, nothing. I'm kind of like you where I'm waiting to see what they're going to announce at uh, the PlayStation Experience for, you know, new DLC on Destiny. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm just in Witcher 3. I mean, I can already say without hesitation it is the game of the year for 2015. I, I thought that back in May when it came out, and I still think it now. Um, beyond that, I haven't been playing games so much as I've been watching Jessica Jones. On Netflix, I got, I got posted on that. 
I got thoughts about that. Oh, well, let me bring up the the second thing I've been watching, which has been a huge surprise to me: Master of None. Okay. The uh, Aziz Ansari. I haven't that had a show. To see that yet? I just oh finished my it. god, I just dude! It, it is fantastic. I did not. It's. You, you ever watch Louie? Yeah. Yeah. It's of like Louie, but you know how Louie has kind of been getting not serious, but it's not as like laugh out loud as it may have been early on. Right. This is mm. smart, like Louie. But it's hilarious at the same time too, and it deals with racial issues, which which is yes. so great about that's, it. It's, it's, yeah, it's really you good. sold me on that. If that's the case, because I, I love I yeah. love him as a as a as a, as a cat. And well, I well, think about it. He he's he's approaching it from the standpoint of being an in you know being an Indian American, you know, because he was he you know he is a U.S. citizen and trying to be an actor in New right. York and right, just right. all mm-hmm. the pitfalls of, of real life dating and trying to get acting gigs and all that kind of stuff. It's really good. And then, you know, you have his mixed bag of friends that tag along for the ride too. It's really good. That's dope. I know, I know Andrew, you're about to jump in real quick about Jessica Jones. Yeah. I just wanted to know, you know, what's it, you know, how is it really like basically? Um, I think I, I, now that I've finished it, I think I still like Daredevil better because I think um, I like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance as Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Like Tenet, David Tennant playing Kilgrave, basically the villain. He's great. He's really good. But I found myself sympathizing more with Kingpin than I did with Kilgrave. But overall, mm-hmm. what Jessica Jones is bringing to the table, it's very dark. Um, it asks some very important questions along the way that we may or may not have necessarily gotten answers to. But I, I like what Marvel's doing on this TV front on the Netflix side, setting up this, this hell's kitchen universe. It's, it's good. Okay, it's so really good. I, I got, I got to level watching. three. One quick question. <laughs> Episode three. One quick question. Okay. Do you think they're going to continue being, uh, I guess the dark atmosphere yes. and lore? You think they should stay there? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, if, if anything, and, and they won't do it, I wish the Marvel movies would, would go a, a tad dark, but they're trying to appeal to a bigger audience. So I get why they won't. I have something to say on that, but go ahead, Khalif. I'll let you. Oh, because you know I'm the 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 hater of all. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I don't. No, I got. No, I'm up to episode three. I'm up to episode three, and I don't like it so far. I'm I'm waiting. Okay. So, but I hear I hear it. I heard episode five is when it gets better. So I, okay. so I'm probably See, gonna like, watch those today, and then it'll it may be different by the next time we talk about this. I've I've I haven't watched it yet, just because like every chance I got recently, I've just been playing Witcher and stuff like that. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, in terms of like the darkness, it's it's funny because I was gonna ask you guys like, what do you think? Because I asked this on Twitter, and like, how funny is it that like Daredevil specifically, the movie was absolutely horrible. Hollywood had all this thing behind it. Netflix comes and they kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I and I think it's so interesting, and like I think it goes to bear of that whole thing where people are like, sometimes you have to you have to stick closer to the core content. And people sometimes argue, oh, you know, you have to make it more more general, make it, you know, so more people like it. And it's funny because Andrew just said it. He was just kind of like, and then Paris said the same thing, which is, I hope that Marvel would do that. I get the sense that Marvel is kind of going down that lane in their own way in terms of the the big uh, the big Hollywood films. Because if you've watched the last couple of films, they're getting a little bit darker, especially after watching the, the trailer for... Um, for Civil War recently, mm-hmm. if you look at it, it seems like they're taking on a little bit of a darker tone. Like, I mean, it, it might just be like those those snippets of, of the trailer that they showed. But like when um, when Iron Man was talking to Captain America and he was like, you know, I can't give up on, on Bucky because he's my friend. And then uh, Stark, you know, Tony, he's just like, you know, 
and you know I, I like he's kind of I think he said like he said, I, I was, was your friend, friend too, too. Like that. Yeah. yeah like I was your friend too that kind of stuff I feel like they're gonna go dark but not as dark as the shows on no, Netflix no but way. they're trying to do it in their own way they're trying to do it in their own way and I respect it and I think the content will be better for that so like I give them that well, and uh, I've also go ahead no I'll say I'll add this really quickly because I think the, the, the bigger point to, to all that is you have more time the way you can do the exposition that you need to to get characters around the subject and then pull in the True. kind of tertiary people around to make it a more cohesive story in that kind of episodic content. So it's like yeah, yeah. being able to kind of drag it out a little bit longer than having to do this really hard hit of a movie, especially usually because those are like summer blockbuster movies where you have to do them in terms of like, it needs to be super action oriented and it needs to be this where you see in Jessica Jones so far, at least where I'm at in the third episode, there is action in it, but a lot of the action is very, very subtle. It's it's long walks, long long kind of t- uh, uh, discussions, long conversations, that kind of thing, where they're kind of at least setting up the, the characters in a way that kind of gives them some of that. And I hope that in the movies, like you said, I hope they do a little, a little bit darker. And also, just tells me how how much Ultron was a was a throwaway movie. Oh movie. God, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if I, if I could say this one thing real quick, going back to Master of None. Um, not really giving anything away but second episode is just called dads right because you you have aziz anzar you know he's he's indian and like his best friend is um chinese Mm. or taiwanese whatever it was Taiwanese, yeah but the but the point on it was they they would do these flashbacks with the dads and show them how they came up as kids you know back into the from the 1950s into the 80s when they made the jump to come to the states and then these their kids Are the are the first gen American kids of these immigrants, right? And you see the sacrifices that their parents had to make to even get to give their kids these great lives. But then here we are in 2015. The one son doesn't even have time to help his dad with his iPad because he wants to go do whatever nonsense. But they're they're just showing. Yeah. I'm not explaining it very well, but basically they're just showing the differences. In generations and how we can we don't appreciate what our parents did to get us to where we are today in, yeah. in a nutshell and like i said they do it in a very humorous way but then when the episode's over and you think about it it does kind of make you as a minority anyways appreciate all the nonsense that your parents had to go through to get us where we are now yeah yeah i i, I agree with you on that paris like that that's that's like one of my favorite episodes because i'm a i'm an immigrant as well and that that like that the whole show plays closely to me and kind of like how i came up and right my family life like that and i love that 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 awesome juxtaposition because what they also did in that episode is like show show the kids being kids and yeah, right <laughs> and in that yeah. like juxtapose like it shows you like how their parents were back in their hometown and then all the sacrifices the parents made and then how the kids grew up and then it shows you how the kids were growing up and how they had all this cool stuff and then when the kids are adults they're like oh we don't have time for you like get away from here like i got shit to do like lying because they don't want to spend time with them and it's it's true like it's it's just so funny like seeing that you're like wow dude like his dad his parents oh hilarious that's like yeah that's like and and that's like his real parents i don't know if you know that oh i didn't know that oh that makes it even funnier yeah Yeah, that's (laughs) like his real mom and dad this is real mom and dad and for me it's funny because i'm like the things that his dad says and the things that like when his dad is always talking about like like and like the 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 indian chips and stuff like that like my dad and my grandfather and my aunts and uncles 
we're West Indian, that's exactly what they do when we go out. They ask for food from home. <laughs> they don't care anything about American food. They don't want no parts of that macaroni and cheese stuff. They're not into it. You can't bring it to them. But, but <laughs> I, like, I, I do have to say, though, the, the funniest part of that episode was when they're in the Chinese restaurant and the, and the, you know, yes. the, the, the Asian dad, he was all you know speaking in Chinese. He was like, now bring the dishes that you bring for when the Chinese bring- people come in and not the crap <laughs> yes, that you're yes. normal. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> He was like, give us some real food. And he was like, okay. He didn't even look at the menu. Yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. like, just bring us some real food. They're like, his mom is just like, I don't like Chinese food. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it kind of plays into the idea. And we see this again. It's when you hear people talk about how these stories don't get shown and don't get kind of put into these mass media uh, ways that people can consume them. And then when they do, just how universal the stories are and how universal yeah. the kinds of experiences are that, that people have cross cross culturally. Um, but, but speaking about something that uh, I didn't have when I was growing up and I wish I did uh, would be <laughs> something that we call remote play. Uh, mm-hmm. We see, we see that, um, this guy's smooth. you know, the master this of segues, smooth, man. man. I wish yeah, I yeah. smooth. I'm telling you, dude, like, I listen to the show and I'm like, man, I got to work on my segues. This dude always kills the segues. Man, listen. It's, like, it's like Barry White. I, well, yeah, like, like something. Play. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we see that, you know, there was a lot of discussion about Windows 10 and Xbox One having some cross uh, compatibility and also seeing how they wanted to let you play your Xbox One games on your, your, your desktop, on your PC. We know that Sony, through their Vita platform, would let you play PS4 games on your, your handheld. But now, Shuhei, brother Shuhei Yoshida, was on Twitter, and he was like, yo. And he said it just like this. Yo, you can play remote play in the future on your, uh, you can play PS4 remote play stuff on your PC and Mac in the future. Um, that's going to be kind of crazy when that happens. Because if Shuhei is saying it, then you know it's real. You know what's going to actually Best happen. Best time to, to be something. alive. You know what's going to be happening. So it, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? Yeah, I'll go first because uh, there's a big situation going on with me, and I'm going to lay it out there before I even comment on this particular news news piece. Um, I need to jump into this world of PlayStation 4, right? Because yes. it's, it's, it's not allowing me to give the perspective that I really want to give, and I know that the system is doing very well in terms of, you know, sales and 30.2 million and all that stuff with recent numbers that they release and stuff. So remote play is dope. I think it's absolutely fantastic, but I can't really speak on it, you know, at, and from a, not necessarily an expert point of view, but uh, my perspective is is lacking. Hmm. Right. I think that's well, have you have you used the function on your well, you run. Do you run Linux, uh, Linux all the time or are you using I'm Linux running I run Linux most of the time. But like if I need to jump on Windows for editing and all that stuff, I do that stuff on the other side on the Windows side. OK. Have you used any of the functionality on the Windows to Xbox one? Kind I've of stuff? used the uh, Xbox app to do the party chat stuff. But okay. that's as much as I've done. You know, so if I know there's people on, I'll party chat with them on a the PC and then, okay, mm-hmm. like, we're ready to play. Okay, cool. So I'm going to jump over to the box. So I kind of use it as a transitional tool um, to, okay. you know, keep in contact with the peeps and stuff like that. So we got to we gotta, we gotta do some fundraising for listen, you. Man, give, listen, man. Listen, I know. We got to get, get you some The word PS4 on the street money. is I need to get my mind right to get this PlayStation 4. So I'm fully aware yeah, of it, get you know. <laughs> so if you guys want to contribute, I mean, I'm, I'm down to talk about it in the next episode of the show and um, stuff like that. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Okay. 
who planted who planted that seed in your head? I'm curious. He must have been a, a genius. Yeah, some some really elder, some elder named Paris. <laughs> I like because the funny thing is, anytime you say elder. The first thing I think of is Raiden. Is what? <laughs> yes, yes. Raiden. Oh, like, Raiden. Like the elder god, the elder god Raiden. Raiden. Dude, the elder god, man. Let me let me find Raiden. out. That's gonna be your new nickname. He's Paris. the elder, man. Uh, I'm quoting it now. Yeah, that's fine. The elder, yeah. The elder. Right. But now nah, I'm gonna segue slightly. <laughs> but if I can comment <laughs> on, on the original topic, um, I'm finding now that uh, you know the Xbox One can do it to Windows 10, and I'm, I'm doing with. Steam Link and everything. I'm going to the TV. I'm finding streaming from a console to a PC to be very pointless mm. because I think the whole point of doing remote play is to a portable device like a Vita or maybe let's say it's to a smartphone or a tablet or something like that. And mm. obviously streaming your content to your living room to make it more convenient is something that's practical. But I almost never stream an Xbox One game to my PC because there's no point. And especially the way it's designed with the Xbox One, it can't be, oh, the kids are on the TV, but I really want to play Halo. So let me just jump in the office and I'll play it. No, Mm -hmm. can't do that. Because if I'm using the Xbox to play a game, that means the kids can't watch TV. You know what I mean? So oh, it kind of because you have the connected. You have the you yeah. have the cable running through it. Yeah, I, I tried uh, to disconnect it, but someone got grumpy and I had to disconnect ah! it. Because that's my thing is I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily use mine through my cable box because someone in the house got grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's um I, I'm trying to figure out because I'm a kind of person right now I have no like basically desktop machine I, I, I just use my MacBook Pro when I'm around the house right. Um, so maybe I'm thinking that would be something for me when, when my wife wants to use the TV, that if I do want to use it, I can do it at a, at a, at a big, on a bigger screen as opposed to my Vita, which I was using, um, to play some fallout a couple of days ago. Um, I, I'm wondering just again, the connectivity issue is always going to be the thing, the connectivity, connectivity between the console and the lag between that is it is it going to be something that they're going to be able to kind of fix? I wonder since I've never done the Xbox One to um, desktop uh, kind of thing. How was the connection when you used it? Was it was it was it good? Was it usable? It's usable, but now that I have a Steam Link and I'm I'm doing it more the other way. Mm-hmm. Valve, whatever technology Valve has under the hood for their their streaming is working a lot better. And and I, I think the Xbox One is the problem because I don't think the Xbox One has the horsepower to do it the other way. Okay. You know what I mean? Versus, you know, I have a high-end PC here, so I have a little more horsepower under the hood. So my streaming experience is a lot better via Steam than it is going Xbox One to PC. And, and, and I'll use for the example, let's say I'm playing Halo 5. It is playable, mm-hmm. but not in multiplayer. It's not. Oh, the, okay. the lag oh. is noticeable enough that I just wouldn't dare do it. And even in campaign a little bit. I mean, it's something that if I just want to test out something or I want to view something, it's fine to use, but it's not practical. Whereas I have been actively playing Fallout 4 via streaming, you know, on, mm-hmm. you know, in my living room via the Steam Link. Because, I mean, that's not a game that I have to worry so much about lag, but it does, in my personal opinion, seem more responsible. And it is a solid 1080p 60 frames per second experience the funny thing is you just said halo 5 and it just made me think of how much i'm not playing halo 5 i know you know and and i'm not trying to be mr troll guy or anything i keep saying halo 5 because that's obviously probably the most recognizable game right now on xbox one but i'm in the same camp as you it's just it's a game that i if i had to say my most disappointing game for 2015 that's it 
Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Really? Um, for yeah, various we may, we may have to revisit that because I may. Oh all yeah, of you well, to come Andrew back on a game of the game of the year edition. Well, yeah, well, well. To 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 pimp Andrew for just a second, we had an episode we did a couple weeks ago where yeah, I completely broke all it down. I my grievances with Halo Five. Oh yeah, so it was really anyone good. Anyone listen to this? Go check it out. It was very good. It was a very good episode. Um, oh. uh, let's see, Milton. What what would you say uh, about the new kind of connectivity remote play stuff? You know. I was excited and like I, I was it made me smile and I was like man what a time to be alive and even with all the shortcomings I know what I have like reading the article like I mean they were honest and upfront you know he's talking about you know there, there being issues and things like that and you know trying to like sort it out um, this is something as gamers we, we used to talk about 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like we used to talk about being able to do cross platform being able to stream and doing all these things and I feel like it's here and it's starting to come, and I feel like we have to give them a chance to, to get it right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes we can be a little bit greedy in, in, in the technology just because we're used to having everything. But I think sometimes we have to remember, like, yo, 20 years ago, the everything they're trying to give us now is what we wanted 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And just give them a chance to actually do it. Now, in terms of usability, I kind of agree with you. I would use it just because I have a massive TV, and it's great, but... The wife sometimes, like, you know, she wants to watch, like, you know, her rom-coms or whatever kind of, like, lovey-dovey shows she wants to watch. And it'll work for me just so I can be in the corner playing some fighting games or playing whatever kind of game. So I think on that level, I'll use it. But I also go into it with the idea of this is something new and they're going to be working on it to try to fix the like the latency and fix all the different kind of issues that it may have. So I'm a little excited about it. You know, I, I don't I, I'll try. And, I'm trying to be positive. You know what I'm saying? Because I know it's 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 going to be a work in progress. Here's, so. a, here's a quick thing I want to kind of dig into really, really quick is we see, you know, Andrew kind of dropped a number um, a little while ago about the 30 million marker that they just hit. Um and it's interesting to see, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, is Sony is really not kind of sitting on their laurels right now. They're definitely pushing nope. in a way that I didn't necessarily expect, but I'm happy to see where, you know, they have the, you have the um, backwards compatibility stuff that they just talked about a little while ago or again, mm-hmm. you know, maybe last week. Um, you see this kind of remote play stuff coming into coming into the fold. You know, do you, do you think that this is really just them trying to push their foot down on the pedal and saying, hey, we know that we're in front. We know that we're the, the leader right now. We want to make sure that when people are thinking about what their gaming console is going to be, they're really not thinking about Xbox at all. Shout out to Tony Polanco, who just got his new Xbox One. <laughs> Word. <laughs> who, who, side who, who, side who note. Too, who is loving his Xbox One UI. Shout out to you, Tony Polanco. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paris, what do, what do you think about kind of them, them putting their, their foot on the throat of Xbox right now, trying to get 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 further down and out of the out of the way? Side note really quick before I answer that, since you brought up Tony and you, you saw my tweet, it's it's been fascinating watching yes. him talk about getting an Xbox one out here a couple of years after launch. And he's just going through all the grievances that he's having <laughs> yep. with with the Xbox one <laughs> interface, which leads right into what you're talking about. 
Sony did a great job of just making a gaming machine, right? It's you press the power button, you put the disc in or digital, whatever, and you pick up the controller and you're just playing the game. And that's all you need to worry about. And like you said, they're not resting on their laurels. They're, they're trying to iterate on what they put out at launch. And they're not just saying, all right, we got 30 million units out there. We're in the lead. We're good. We're just going to coast. Because if anything, they're trying to get because the one thing that Xbox still has over PlayStation, in my opinion, is Xbox Live itself. It is yes. the de facto Agreed. online gaming service. And PlayStation Network is definitely lagging behind. And I've really had a chance right. to experience that over the last year or so with Destiny going through all the various issues with the party chat and et cetera. So they're trying to fix these things. What I think they're trying to do is they're trying to let consumers know we are a gaming service. We put out games, whether it be the AAA, be the indies, whatever. And they're trying to set people up so that when they announce that PlayStation 5 in the next three or four years, that's going to be the default device versus, oh, should I get an Xbox this time around? Maybe they've learned from their mistakes. Eh, not going to worry about it. Maybe they have learned. I'm just going to go get a PlayStation because I know PlayStation is going to give give me my gaming fix. And right. I think that's the biggest lessons learned that Microsoft has probably had here in the last few years is stop trying to be the every device be a gaming device first and then just iterate on top of that and add on the extra stuff because i mean i look at it this way when with the playstation 4 it's a gaming device first that also i can watch youtube on i can watch a plex app on and i can watch sunday ticket and other little things like that but that's not why i bought a playstation 4 you know what right. i mean i right, bought it right. to play games Whereas I think for the other console, it was the opposite. They wanted you to do all your entertainment through the Xbox One. And oh, by the way, you can play a video game on it too. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to ask Andrew to come. I'm going to put Andrew on the spot a little bit. Uh, Cause you dropped, you dropped, you dropped the, the, the fact out there of how much Sony has sold and you, you are, you are paying attention to the market in, in, in a lot of ways that a lot of folks who aren't necessarily kind of in, ingrained in tech culture are, but I want to ask you, I want you to Andrew-nosticate for a second. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and think about, you see this thing with the remote play. We, we kind of mentioned that we feel, at least I feel, that this is kind of Sony kind of trying to put their, their foot on the neck of uh, Microsoft and Xbox to a certain extent. <clears throat> what do you think, or is there some feature that you don't necessarily see or that you would kind of like to see come out of uh, Microsoft that may kind of tilt that back into their favor. Is there anything that you're missing in your gaming experience that, that, that might bring Xbox back uh, to a kind of le level playing field with Sony in some way? It's, it's interesting you asked that question because I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine recently in regards to the PR that kind of messed up uh, Microsoft from the beginning. Even going back to Don Matrick and uh, the taste that that left in our you know, mouths, if you will, in terms of how they were uh, promoting and marketing the Xbox to begin with, right? So I think it really starts from there. And some individuals, you know, maybe there's a small percentage or even uh, a medium percentage of individuals who are still trying to get away from that conversation, you know, because mm -hmm. that information is still uh, something that you can access. Those interviews is, you know, are still available, whether it's on YouTube or, or even the conversations on Twitter or other brands that interviewed either Major Nelson or, or Don Magic and, and things like that. Right. So even going back to that and as they're fixing things and even pivoting to no longer, um, you know, talk about their numbers anymore because they're no longer doing that. 
Um, they're only mm-hmm. focusing on, as Paris said, uh, the actual, um, you know, Xbox Live platform. So many different individuals there, millions of, I don't know, what was it, 46 or however it, I'm out there announced. I don't remember the exact number, uh, so, don't, so don't quote me on the 46 million. But uh, now they're focusing on, on not sales. Right now they're focusing mm-hmm. on the fact that this, this group of individuals for this platform, for this service is so big. This is our focus now. So even um, uh, your, your homie, uh, Paris, uh, Phil Spencer, when he went on GeekWire recently and he mentioned that, you know what? Yeah, we know that PlayStation is doing this with the numbers, but we're not really focusing on that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact that our core group right now is, you know, the Xbox Live subscription. This is where we are and this is our focus. So to really answer your question, they're fixing a lot of things, right? So they fixed the, to some degree, this uh, Xbox uh, OS, you know, GUI 2.0, whatever you want to call it. So they kind of fixed that, but it's still broken in many aspects because what makes PlayStation great, you know, I can kind of say that to some degree because I have the PlayStation 3. What makes it great is the simplicity of the access, you know, is is the, mm. the point of entry. That's what makes it great. So, so Xbox is still trying to get to a, a place uh, where they they make simplicity, you know, number one thing. You know, you you understand what I'm saying. Mm. So until you mm-hmm. get there, because I don't know what Don Magic was thinking that, uh, you know, nobody was going to listen to that conversation and react to it. And you always, you always hear the, the statement, yeah, you know, we, um, we bet with our dollars or however that statement goes, because I hear you, you guys say it a lot or whatever, uh, which is true. But where did you think that conversation was going to go? You know what I mean? You know, with, with our servicemen mm-hmm. and women, you know, that they're going to buy a 360, you know, if they want to be, you know, where do you think that conversation was going to go? Right. And then you had the conversation right. with um, Major Nelson when he was in, in that particular interview. And, and they said, well, why don't you just pull a lever and switch all those things, you know, reverse all those things. So he was like, what well, do you think we're just going to pull a lever and make where do you think that conversation was going to go? You understand what I'm saying? Right. So and so now, right. <laughs> you know, with all the, the different videos where um, PlayStation said, this is how you trade games with your friends or how you let your friends borrow your games. And he handed all those things. Where did you think that conversation was going to go? So all that things, all that things is affecting you overall. So you had to pivot. You had to make different changes to that. So simplicity right now is what makes the the PlayStation brand attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Everything works. Mm-hmm. I don't hear any complaints. Maybe if PSN goes down, because I saw it maybe a couple of days ago, give or take or stuff like that. You know, under maintenance if they still do that. But outside of that, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? So so you pivot where you can. You know, you you simplify things where you can. And you just make sure that the games, that now you're focused on games and no longer entertainment, like Paris said. You just want to make sure all those things work because you're going into the holiday season. You don't want to go into the holiday season and then things get shut down and you have to give a game like uh, Undertow, you know, to apologize for, for things that took place. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, you have to get your mind right all the way. Game, game of the you year know? 2013. You just had, you know, so simplicity Undertow. is what makes the PlayStation brand really attractive and the things that they they're really concerned about that even uh being um you know one of their uh, ambassadors you know i see that they really focus on simplicity and that shouldn't even be overlooked and if we apply that mm. those same principles to even our own brands you know individually and collectively you know you'll see people will just be able to access our stuff much easier right no complaints mm. and you know you're able to attract more individuals that way yeah agreed 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 um let's see milton is there anything that you can see on the microsoft platform that they could do 
to kind of get themselves back in the race? You know, I don't know because number one, I don't have um, I don't have an Xbox One. But to kind of touch, there was a f- there were a few very good points made by Paris and Andrew. The first one I want to touch on with Paris, and I have familiarity with this, is people buying you know the Xbox in terms of using it for entertainment. As you know, it used to be at GameStop. What a lot of people don't know, and this is where kind of like background information comes from, most people who purchase an Xbox 360 and even people who purchase an Xbox One right now, because I still have, I'm still in touch with a lot of people in, in terms of like the retail business. A lot of people are getting it because they're entertainment systems. Mm. That's how these things are viewed. Now, when I saw, for, when I first saw the presentation for an Xbox, for the Xbox One, I literally was just like, oh, this looks like a really dope cable box. I'm not shitting you. You can check, like, you can check my Facebook posts. Like, that's how I viewed it. I was just like, okay, like, this is supposed to be a gaming console. They're, what they're showing me looks like a dope cable box. Like, I can do all these different things, and it made me think of when I used to be at GameStop. A lot of people would come in and buy 360s, but they never purchased games. They would always say, "Oh, I'm buying it because it's an entertainment system." Right. That's like verbatim what people used to tell me, and I would sell them. And all the people who really wanted to play games. Even though they would complain about the online, which we all know anybody, any Sony fan, anybody who's ever played a Sony like online, they can tell you like that's where the issues have been. But I think Xbox is going to have a hard time of trying to change people's minds about them because what Sony did was was brilliant. They came up, everything's easy, everything is straightforward to use, but they were like, this is a gaming console. So th- that was solidified in people's brains. Like, yo, this is a gaming console. If you want to play games, this is where you come. Now, that makes it easier for them to kind of add on all these entertainment aspects. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, wow, it's a gaming console, but now I can do all these kind of different cool things. It's Xbox is going to have a very hard time of people viewing it as an entertainment console. And now, now I can play games. Because now I can just be like, why am I going to do that? Because I have Sony. Right, right. And Sony, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, if I want to play games, I can. I have, I have a PlayStation 4 or I have a PlayStation 5. I don't need to get an Xbox because, you know, they're you know, they talking to me about what I can do with my cable and entertainment. Like, that's where most of the conversation lies. And you're just kind of like, if I'm going to spend... 500 600 bucks especially like on first release issues of consoles mm-hmm. as a gamer i want to know that okay i'm going to be actually able to play games on this so, so, is, so is there a feature is there a feature or something that they could possibly do to kind of make that better for consumers so that they can kind of flip that around i don't know to be honest with you i don't know because when i hear people speak about the xbox it's always from the point of entertainment and never from the point of of gaming Mm -hmm. so it's very difficult for me and i think i would have to get an xbox one to kind of like sit down with it for a little while to give a more salient you know what i'm saying opinion on that but for right now and just like talking to people it's just like it's an entertainment system that's how people see it like my brother-in-law like he has a 360 and He's just like, oh, it's just like for entertainment. But I play my PS4 all the time. You know what I'm saying? I really don't mess with it in terms of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So Paris, Paris, what do you think? Is is there a magic bullet that they can find to kind of get themselves back into the race? No, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> it's, and, and that's the funny way. It's answer. it's too late in that. And I've I've said this previously. <clears throat> excuse me, on other podcasts that you know I was in the crowd that night at the uh, PlayStation, um, you know, E3 press conference when they said 399, no DRM. It was a wrap. It was a wrap right then and there. I mean, literally, like we've said, Sony could rest on their laurels 
from this point on going into the next gen and they're just going to be the leader in the club's ha- clubhouse. It's, it is just it's just it is what it is. You know what I mean? Microsoft has made great strides here in the last couple of years. I think Phil Spencer taking the leadership role at Xbox was the best thing that can happen to the Xbox brand. It's headed in the right direction. Um, I, I like what they're trying to do with their exclusive titles and everything. They're trying to change the UI. They're doing the right things. But the perception, even at this point, still has not changed. That right. PlayStation is the game machine. Xbox is the entertainment machine go ahead and choose and the fact that right now both of them cost the same exact amount mm-hmm. is in sony's favor just it right. yeah. question for you paris i'm sorry quick question for you do you after all these years of the psn being free and you know remember a couple of years ago there was like talks of them kind of like charging and doing all these all these different things do you do you do you think at some point in the future they'll charge for the PSN for online gameplay or do you think they'll do like uh like different stages like one will be free and then there's going to be like a 30 or 40 dollar um uh like a year kind of thing do you think well, Sony's going to go that direction eventually well, at all technically isn't that what it is right now on the right. PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 True true I mean I mean technically I mean yeah if you're on the PlayStation 3 it's it's still free but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I play for PlayStation Plus, you know, regardless anyways, but I'm pretty sure you yeah, can't do, play yeah. multiplayer unless, you know, unless you're you're paying for PlayStation. I can't even talk. God, Damn. PlayStation Plus. <laughs> Part-time podcaster. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> um, so so we're going to we're going to move on real quick cuz uh, I know we are running a little bit long. Um, we have the Game Awards coming up next week if I'm not mistaken or the week the or yeah, in another week after this show goes up live. Jeff Keeley is talking big things. He's talking big things Iguana at the at the Game Awards. World premieres, man. Talking about 10 world premieres going to be on stage at the Game Awards. Really quickly, we're going to all in the words of Stub Nostifications Stubnosticate about what some of those announcements may be. I kind of want this to go rapid fire. If you have any thoughts about what what would be a game that might come out, let me know. What do you think out there in Chicago? And also, Andrew. No, I'm just excited to see whatever they're going to show, you know? And mm-hmm. hopefully it falls into the genre of games that I enjoy playing, which is right now RPG shooters and, you know, platformers and stuff like that. There's that... Uh, there's that game which we already saw videos of with the um, uh, the the lanyard character. Oh yeah, unravel. unravel. You know stuff like that. You know I want to see a little bit more of that, which is beautiful stuff. Um, but I'm just excited mm-hmm. that they're gonna have that. You know, and uh, I yeah. just want to see exactly yeah. what they're gonna show. Paris, um, I have four. Go ahead, do one it. for each do platform. It. Do it. I believe because Microsoft is making a big deal out of this this year, and they're inviting fans to the event and the whole thing. I think we get a banjo. That would be my my crazy prediction from them. Huh. Interesting. Whoa. Uh, PlayStation. I think we finally unwrap God of War four. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is going to show off real gameplay for Zelda. Mm-hmm. And I believe EA unwraps real gameplay for Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm. No. And if they do that, no I'm Beyond done. Good and Evil two. Just, just go ahead and Cartman freeze me until it comes out because I'm ready. <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil two. No shout out to that game is beautiful. I love. I, I'm I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm not. I'll, I'll until that. Literally, I pick up the controller and I'm playing it. I will not believe that game is ever coming out. That's funny. Hey, I mean, yeah, I don't think so either. I think that game is done. Yeah, Milton. Uh, any any predictions? One game. One game, and uh, you know, 
I don't have any. I'm just excited to see it. But the the only game that I would have said I was gonna hope they do a premiere, they did at E3, and that was um, uh, uh, the Last Guardian. Oh. And a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, that's never gonna happen." And it happened, and I got super stoked. So going in, did that would have been the only game that I would like. Oh, you know, hope hopefully they do a world premiere. But they already did that at E three, and God knows if it's gonna be another fifteen, twenty years before the game actually <laughs> releases. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But the only one that I had in my mind was Last Guardian, and that's what I would go with. But you know, Beyond Good and Evil too, man. I've been hearing. You know, to kind of like thing with Andrew, I've been hearing, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil. So if if I had to like just do, you know, a quick little crapshoot and just toss it in there, that'd be kind of dope to see if they did that. If they did something with Beyond Good and Evil too, that'd be kind of sick. I have a fifth. Uh oh. And I'm I'm really Uh going Miss Cleo with this one. Miss Cleo. If 2K were to, I don't know if this is the place for it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Borderlands Three completely Destiny Mm. open world. You took you took yes, one of my answers. I should have said that. I should have known better. Damn it. Right, Paris. Right, right. Borderlands three because they they have been. I have been hearing that they've been working on that. But so yeah, I don't think Paris, this is the right. platform to unveil it though. Unless I don't think it's so. just unless it's just a quick oh teaser that's showing you absolutely nothing except the logo. That would probably I think, be I think it. that's mm-hmm. going to be most of what we see during the game awards. To be honest, like I think we're not going to see yeah. much of anything that's going to be like substantive. title screens. It's going to be title cards and it's going to be like flashes of stuff really quickly across the screen. And we're not going to know what most of it is until like when probably E3 of this year, or even then it'll still be small kind of like tidbits of stuff. Um, I think we will see a premiere of a PlayStation VR game. I mm. I think that we will see possibly something in the terms of maybe Red Dead from Rockstar. Um and I think we will definitely see this is and I and this is on good authority. This is an exclusive. No one knows this. I'm about to lose all my PR friends in one second. Def Jam Toronto featuring Nicki Minaj and Drake and a fighter. Coming to your Xbox One and PS4s. I'm joking. Is Meek DLC? Does that make Meek DLC? <laughs> Meek, Meek Mill DLC, DLC on tap oh, for everybody to play. Ovo. Uh, all dude. Day. Everybody got real quiet too on the show. I was just like, yeah, I was just like, what? Well, well knowing you, knowing you, I got quiet because I'm like, okay, what nonsense is this going to be? So I was like, getting prepared. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like, kind of BS. It was good nonsense, damn it. It was pretty decent. Um, Word. So we're about to get up out of here. Again, if you have any thoughts or ideas about what might be showing up on the Game Awards or any of the conversations we had during the show, you know, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up uh, on the site, and uh, hit us up on the contact info page on SpawnOn.me, and you'll be def- we'll definitely get back to you and share all those thoughts out with with folks. Uh, we would definitely want to thank uh, all of our guests and our co-host Paris for for joining in this week and hanging out with us on Spawn on Me. So Paris. Uh, here's a time of the show where you can just tell everyone where they can find you and all of your uh, imaginative discussions and all your uh, fitness and weightlifting tips uh, on the Internet. I just realized something. Since I'm supposed to be Cicero, I didn't break it down. I didn't do that. So No, you didn't. So you failed, shame you on me. As, you failed as a host. Look at yeah, you. Game of Thrones with the bell. Shame. Shame. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You can find me over at GamertagRadio.com. We do a podcast called Gamertag Radio. Um, it comes out twice a week as a part of the CBS Radio Play.it network. 
Um, as far as my fitness goes, you can find me over at Crunch Fitness here in Temecula, <laughs> California. I'm usually there five days a week <laughs> in the evenings. <laughs> and that's so if true. you need a spot, I just holler at me and I'll help you. That's yeah. all I got. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter uh, at Vicious696. Oh my goodness. We uh, they they blessed me by letting me come on the show this week or this past week to talk about some Kotaku business too. Uh so that was fun. Check out that episode as well. Uh Melton, let everybody know where they can find you and Slovenly Gamer. Well, I am Slovenly Gamer everywhere, guys. Let me uh spell that out for you. That's S L O V E N L Y G A M E R. Slovenly Gamer. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, so just head over to uh, Facebook slash Lovingly Gamer and give the page a like and share. Um, I'm everywhere, everywhere you go, I'm on, and I'm also, sorry, I'm also, I can't speak now, see Paris, Paris hitting me up now with, with the disease, spreading spreading the disease of not being able to speak, so I, I'm all like bumbling over my words. <laughs> darkness like, is so you're spreading. Like, you're like, let me stand right now. Darkness is, <laughs> darkness is spreading, y'all, hide your children. Um <laughs> I'm also Slavely Gamer on um on YouTube as well and I have a couple of dope um SCR videos up of you know people playing Street Fighter Memochi on there. So go ahead and check that out. And follow me also very important on Twitter, Slavely Gamer at Twitter. And I would say that Milton Show is like the go to place for fighting game conversations right now. It is one of the best podcasts out there. <clears throat> and he's doing his yes. thing as a young podcaster, so keep doing your thing, Milton. Uh, Andrew, stop speaking Swahili on my show, son. Uh, <laughs> Brother Andrew, let folks know where they can find all of your dope work and the show radio. Awesome, man. Thanks for the invite. You can find me at theshowradio.info. Once again, that's theshowradio.info. And I'm also on Twitter. Twitter is Uriya, which is spelled U-R-I-Y-Y-A. Thanks so much, man. Word, of course. Thank you so much for coming through. Again, this has been an amazing show. I'm really happy we all got to hang out and chill because it's been a long time coming. Go ahead, Paris. Can I say one last thing to Andrew before before he gets out of here? What's up? Hey, brother, I just want a metropolis like you. I just want a metropolis. <laughs> teach me the ways. I just want to, you know. Why do you have to do that, man? Why do you got to do that? Give me the masonry skills to be like you. That's all I want. I just one day at a time, man. Uh, We're working it out, me and you, man. Like I, like I said, man, it's it, we. Th- there's so much powerful stuff going on in this podcast right now. There's so it's like this show was on nine thousand right now because it's all these dope people. What with over nine thousand? Can, can I say this? Can I say this? All jokes aside, real, real talk. I, I, I'll be serious for a second. I'm very ha- since I'm the elderly person here. I'm very happy mm-hmm. to see brothers like you doing podcasts and speaking your mind and getting information out there whether it be gaming whether it be about politics doesn't matter you know you guys are out there doing your thing and it's great to see because trust me i'm always like i tell andrew all the time i'm always listening i'm always check facting they're like "Mm, no he shouldn't have said that i'm gonna have to hit him up in a minute you know or something like that but no it makes me very happy like me danny pete you know we we listen to all you guys all the time do your thing and and it's great man because the more of us that are out there discussing gaming the more that people realize oh wait minorities like this kind of stuff too you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true it's true, it's true because hey look we all don't just like madden okay we all just don't like madden and going to popeyes and putting hot sauce on it okay we i don't know what do. you're talking about son that's all i do i know <laughs> all i do is eat chicken and talk shit yeah, I fail. I fail. Anyway. Like no wonder, no, no wonder. I always get the surprise, the, the surprise faces when people are like, "Oh, you're vegan? Like for real? Like yes, I'm vegan. Like 
we we also exist too. Like you I know, think that's more. I we, think that's more condemnation of black people and eating vegetables. That has nothing to do with you. <laughs> has nothing to do with you being a vegan and that being a non non blackness thing. That's just like you, yeah. You, right. well, you know, I have to say. I have to say because I've I've told the story on <laughs> throughout the years on other podcasts, but I got to say it on this podcast too. One of the most racist things that I've ever encountered in my life was I was at E three. God knows what year it was, and I was walking through the hall. And some guy came up to me asking me to go check out something. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to check that out. And he goes, but it's Madden. And I go, okay. He goes, but you like that, don't you? you I can't even recreate the horror that was in my oh face. Because I didn't God. know what to say. Are you serious? I, I just walked away. That's all I could do. It was one of the saddest moments of my life. One, one, oh one my. day when we're all drunk. And we do a drunk podcast. We'll have we'll have our worst convention racism moment, and we'll talk about that. Because uh, I've, oh I've, I've had I've had I've only been really going to conventions this first year, and maybe a little bit of next year. I'll be at PlayStation Experience, so we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, and Andrew, Andrew, you're going to be at PlayStation. Looks Experience, like it, so man. We're going to hang out. Dope, dope, dope. So we're going to chill, and we'll we'll all have coverage about that kind of stuff. We'll definitely have some discussions whenever we're all drunk and have that have that talk, but. Yes. For now, thank you for that for that piece, Paris, because that, that does mean a lot coming from you and the folks at GTR because you guys are pioneers in what we are all doing right now. So thank you again for that, and that's dope. Uh, and this has been episode 87 of the Spawn on Me podcast. Definitely check us out uh, on spawnon.me. Check us out at Spawn on Me. At Kajakins is my Twitter uh, account. At Stubby Stan is the stumbler and fumbler of words, Stubby Stan. Check us out every week on the Twitters, on the iTunes, the Stitchers, and all the other places that you find your podcasts. And we will say peace. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Can I say that? You can totally say peace. No, no, not peace. I, for- I totally forgot. Yeah, Slavin the Gamer. I'm on iTunes, too. Did I even mention that? <laughs> 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 yeah. This is why we can't have black people here. on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is exactly <laughs> why. Because I'm plugging their stuff all too. late. Jesus uh, Christ! Hey, I, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Madden, hot sauce, and Popeyes. He got bamboozled. He forgot yeah, everything. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was in a knee. Like, he was in a Negro I'm stupor. Like, he didn't know what to do at that point. He was like, I'm, I don't know, I'm just so black right. Now. I'm in the black vortex of, of cholesterol and terribleness. Anyway, <laughs> I love me some Madden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, guys, we're heading out of here. Thank all right, we're out again, peace. brothers. Thank you so much for rocking with us, and we will see you all next week. Peace. peace.